Hello and welcome to the Littleton Sports Law Podcast. This is the inaugural podcast in a new series offering expert opinion on all matters of sport law. Unsurprisingly, this and the next few episodes will focus on sports law issues arising from the COVID-19 crisis. I am Anirudh Mathur, your host for today, and joining me are John Merzad QC, head of Littleton's sports law group, the Gaffer, and Joe Bryan, a member of the Littleton Sports Law Group, our very own Mason Greenwood. Joe, turning to you first, all football in the major domestic and European competitions has been suspended. How did we get here? And what are the current positions of all the major stakeholders? Well, all of the major league and cup competitions, both domestically and across the majority of UEFA member associations, have been suspended. Uh, and indeed, uh, the flagship Euro 2020 has been postponed until next year. Um, in English football, uh, this has, of course, been implemented in accordance with uh, UK government advice, which has evolved from advising against uh, those large gatherings into the present requirement for most people to stay at home except for, for limited purposes. Um, and against this background, the official position of the governing and representative bodies in England, that's the FA, the Premier League, the EFL and the Women's Professional Game alongside the um, uh, PFA and the LMA. The official position is that they're committed to finding ways of resuming the current season as soon as it's safe and possible to do so. The, the, the period of the suspension of the professional game in England is currently set to run until uh, no earlier than the 30th of April, uh, although uh, it's not anticipated that it will be able to resume uh, uh, on that date. But meanwhile, it is clear that all of those stakeholders have expressed a willingness to work collaboratively, keep the situation under review and, and explore options of finding ways of resuming the season when conditions allow. And what are those options? Well, according to the official line, all options remain on the table. What that means in practice is somewhat harder to discern. And in these unprecedented times, it will um, no doubt require some creative thinking. For instance, uh, uh, on a European level, it was suggested that certain knockout cup competitions, which involve two-legged ties, could change their rules to require those ties to be decided in a single match. But so far, that's mere speculation. Uh, however, one option which is clearly being contemplated at the very highest levels is the possibility of extending the professional season beyond its normal finishing date. Um, on the 20th of March, the FA laid the groundwork for this by announcing uh, jointly with other stakeholders that the board had agreed to amend its regulations which expressly provide for the season to terminate no later than uh, 1st of June. And that limit has now been removed indefinitely. More recently, uh, we've seen media reports that FIFA's coronavirus working group is considering recommending that current playing contracts uh, should be extended until the end of an extended domestic football season and that transfer windows should also be changed in line with those new uh, season dates. 
John, can you give us an overview of the potential legal ramifications of FIFA's proposed extension to the season? Yes, the most obvious one is in relation to player and manager contracts. And the reason why I say that is that those contracts ordinarily will end on the 30th of June. That is what, for example, the standard form player contract states in the Premier League. And it's the same date for all the big five leagues across Europe. And that date is extremely important because, if you like, that is the threshold moment when the legal Pandora's box will be opened. And for FIFA's proposals to work, all those contracts must be extended. To give you a sense of the scale of the ramifications, there are approximately 500 players, including loan players, across the big five leagues whose contracts are due to terminate automatically on the 30th of June. That's almost a quarter of the players playing in the La Liga. Slightly more than a quarter of the players playing in Serie A and almost 13% of players playing in the Premier League. Uh, it is plain that those contractual issues will have to be looked at closely and solutions found. The other part of FIFA's proposals is in relation to delaying the opening of the summer transfer window. Of course, the mischief that is trying to be resolved by doing that is to effectively keep players at their current clubs and they cannot transfer to other clubs come the opening of the transfer window over the summer. That may well work with players, but it doesn't work with managers. And it should be added, even if players can't move to a new club until later in the year, there is no basis to force players to carry on playing for their current clubs unless they agree that extended contract that I mentioned in the first place. And what are the uh, solutions, the legal and practical solutions, to the number of contractual issues you've just mentioned? The first option is a negotiated agreement, a negotiated extension to the current playing contracts to a date fixed in the future when the season is due to end. That sounds very simple and rather straightforward, and that's how it has been announced by FIFA, but the reality is somewhat different because any contractual extension comes at a cost. That cost will have to be borne by clubs. They'll have to continue paying players their wages for another couple of months or so. This all comes at a time when clubs are in fact trying to cut their financial exposure. We've already read recently about clubs in the UK furloughing playing staff and clubs across Europe agreeing decreases to their player wages. It goes without saying that clubs simply have not budgeted for this potential eventuality. Some clubs may be able to afford those extensions, others may not. From a player's perspective, players may well already have teed up moves to new clubs. They may not want to extend their contracts for another several weeks or even a couple of months. 
when they may become injured, they may be offered contracts at lower wages, they would rather sit it out. Uh, and of course, that is the alternative scenario here, that an agreement cannot be reached between clubs and players. And let me reiterate, this is not for FIFA, UEFA, or any players association to agree contractual extensions on those players' behalf. It's the players and clubs who must do so. They can't reach agreement. Those players will sit out the remaining part of the extended season, which then calls into question the entire fairness of competitions in the first place, because squads will have changed between before and after this coronavirus outbreak. Will that genuinely be a fair and level playing field? And just recently, the first European league in Belgium has already cancelled their domestic season, saying that any of the options to play on beyond the 30th of June were simply not viable. We will wait to see whether that eventuality spreads across the rest of Europe. And Joe, turning back to you, beyond the consequences for individual playing contracts, what, in your view, are the potential consequences for the transfer window? In my understanding of the FIFA working group's proposals, there are, I think, two main consequences. The the first is that um, the effect of the proposals is um, uh, to delay the opening of the summer transfer window quite straightforwardly. But this raises a foreseeable difficulty in that certain countries um, across Europe and indeed across the globe may well exit the current crisis at different times and thus be able to restart and then conclude their football seasons at at different stages. Um, It's already been predicted that there will be an an additional uh, uh, knock-on effect um, on the next season, 2020-2021. Now, at the very least, this will require high-level coordination across governing bodies to ensure that a meaningful transfer window can be established that allows transfers to take place even if there are circumstances in which national league competitions are ending and starting at different times. The second consequence is a point that John has already touched on, in that the transfer window generally has no bearing on the movement of managers and coaching staff between clubs. So if FIFA uh, or other governing bodies wish to ensure that the current season is completed without an undesirable churn of non-playing staff, this is uh, an issue which is uh, going to have to be very carefully uh, considered. And John, um, now obviously everyone wants this crisis to be resolved effectively and quickly, um, but there's so much uncertainty. If government restrictions are extended, what legal issues may arise from not being able to complete the season at all? In simple terms, football is a product and stakeholders, commercial partners who enter into that field pay an awful lot of money in return for the full product. 
In terms of the Premier League, leagues across Europe, that is each one of that season's games. In the UK, that's 38 games. In the event that those 38 games are not played, then there is a breach of the obligations under that contract. A breach of contract. That leads to damages and will lead to losses and litigation. There are various answers to that which may come up in the event that governments continue to preclude people from gathering in public spaces. For example, the doctrine of frustration. It was simply impossible for that contractual obligation to be performed. Then, in many commercial contracts, there will be force majeure clauses. In other words, to cover eventualities which are akin to acts of God. That, I'm afraid, all comes down to how they are drafted and their scope. And then lastly, once you have jumped through those legal hoops, there will then be a question of whether there is a form of insurance sitting behind those contracts for losses. And again, that will come down to the scope of the particular insurance policy. I know that some of those doctrines, certainly frustration and force majeure, will be discussed in a subsequent episode by Nick Siddle, QC and Bianca Balmela. John, thank you. You've been listening to the Littleton Sports Law Podcast. I've had John Merzad QC and Joe Bryan with me today. And this podcast was based on an article by John and Joe called On the Legal Realities of an Extension to the Football Season. You can find that on the Littleton website, as well as on the Littleton Twitter handle and on LinkedIn. As John mentioned, there are going to be more expert articles and podcasts over the next days and weeks, including on force majeure and the government's furlough scheme, both considering both of those issues in a sporting context. Until next time, stay safe and goodbye. Thank you for listening.